It's going to be good. Praise the Lord. Are you ready for the word today? Well, I've got, uh, I've got my phone up here. I've got one translation on my phone. I've got one translation here. I've got the King James here that, of course, the Apostle Paul used. And uh, then I, I, have, I have my notes. So it could be that you all are in a lot of trouble here today. Or it could be that we just are going to learn a few things. And I'm sure that we won't finish today with what we start with. So we will find a place to stop, an appropriate place to stop and continue next week, Lord willing. So before we do anything, let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we're so grateful and thankful to be in your house. We're so grateful and thankful today, Lord, that we know you. We're not wondering if you're real. We are not questioning your authority. But Lord, we know you as our Heavenly Father. We know you as our God. And Lord Jesus, we know you as our Savior and Lord, Redeemer, Healer, Deliverer, Baptizer. We know you, Lord Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we know you and the way of the Spirit, the move of the Spirit of God. And so, Father, we thank you today that you are moving among us by your Spirit and that the Holy Spirit today brings peace, joy, deliverance, and healing to every person who may need it. And I pray that you would speak to our hearts today and give to us utterance in the Holy Ghost in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. 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 We are uh, very glad today to have Elisha Bullard back with us from his college break. Amen. We're glad he's here. And um, I'm sure Jeremy's really glad he's here. He don't have to do sound today, praise the Lord. But uh, we appreciate all of you who are with us today. And um, if you're visiting, please come back. Give us a chance. If you give us six months and you'll be here faithfully for six months, I guarantee you, your life will not be the same. You will be changed. Amen. The year of 2023, the Lord dealt with me to speak to you as a church congregation and family that would this year would be a year of breakthroughs and blessings. And I really believe that is a word from the Lord to this congregation. And I believe that we are going to have many, many wonderful testimonies about breakthroughs and blessings as the year progresses. And when we stand at this point next year, looking back on 2023 as a year in the past, I believe that we will say this was our best year ever. Praise the Lord. 2022, certainly for our church, has been the best year we have ever had. We've given more into the gospel than we've ever given and have more than we've ever had overall. It was the year that we went completely debt-free, as a ministry, everything paid off. It's just such a blessing to be in this place today. So there is a wide open future of the good things of God for our lives. And so we want to be sure that we are hooked in and plugged in where God wants us to be. Now, as I was seeking the Lord and, and wanting to uh, find from him direction as to what to say to you in these early weeks of the new year, I knew that we needed to take the first Sunday and talk about breakthroughs, and we needed to take the second Sunday and talk about blessing. And of course, that information is recorded, and I would encourage you to listen to it if you haven't heard it, because I believe that it will help you, and I believe that it will encourage you. And then the Lord began to deal with me that we should start today talking about breakthroughs in your faith, because if you're going to truly have a spiritual breakthrough, if you're going to be propelled from where you are now to the next place that God wants to take you, then there's going to have to be 
a breakthrough in your faith. Because think about it. Your faith that you have now is already producing what you have now. So if you just want to stay at this level, then just keep doing what you're doing. But if you want to go to another level, a higher place, a better place, then you're going to have to increase in the area of your faith. And so the 11th chapter of the book of Hebrews is where we're going to look at a passage that is so familiar that if you're not careful, you'll just say, I already know this, I heard this, I've heard it maybe many times, and you can miss some good things that the Lord would want to say to you just because of familiarity. We don't want to have that. We want to be open and hungry to whatever the Lord is saying to us right now. And so Hebrews 11 is what we're going to study today and probably another week or two and look at some various aspects of breakthroughs in faith. And then there's other things and other areas to talk about later on as the year progresses. But in Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 1, and I'm going to do something that I don't always do. Uh, as I said, I've got these different translations here in front of me, but I'm going to focus primarily on three translations to, to draw from for teaching and for words and definitions that we need. If you don't know Hebrew or Greek, and I don't know Hebrew or Greek, I'm not an expert in anything, and I'm certainly not an expert in linguistics. But um, one of the best ways, if you're not a Greek scholar, to understand more fully what scriptures are saying is to take the time to look at different translations now, some Bibles, quote-unquote, are paraphrases, and those are where people have taken great liberty to kind of explain to you what they th believe the Scriptures say. Others are more true translations where the words are taken from the original and they try to bring it into English in a way we can understand it. And in Hebrew, many of the words that are used are words that have more than one meaning. They have more than one shade of meaning to them. And so that's why when you read the Amplified Bible, you'll find it's got so many words in it. It's not just because a woman originally translated the Amplified Bible, but it's because there's so many words that you have to use um, to bring out the full meaning of some of those original words, and that's really good. And so I'm going to use the Amplified Bible. I'm going to use the King James Bible. And you might say, well, why do you use the King James Bible in 2023? Because that's what I learned with. I cut my teeth on. I tried for years with even the new King James, and I kept finding myself when I needed to quote a scripture that I would revert back to the King James. And so I just thought, well, let's just go back there and stay there. So uh, as, and I jokingly say the, the, uh, the translation that Paul used, you know, of course he didn't, but um, it's, it's a good translation. And if you don't like the these and the thous, then just put in the appropriate uh, words. It's okay. But, uh, but that's where we will use that one. We will use the Amplified. And then I'm also going to use the CEV, the Contemporary English Version. And I'm going to use it as well. And uh, hopefully with, between all three of them, we're going to get our eyes open to some things. Amen? So Hebrews 11.1 1, from the King James first says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Notice faith is, so it's present tense, it's right now. Faith is the substance, so there is a real spiritual materiality to faith. 
It doesn't have a physical materiality. You can't feel of it like I can feel the paper of this Bible or the cloth of the clothes you're wearing. But in the spiritual dimension, it has a substance, and that's a very powerful substance, by the way. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Now, the Amplified says it this way. Now, faith is the assurance. I like that word, don't you? Faith is the assurance. And then, in true fashion of the Amplified Bible, the confirmation, the title deed. Notice those words, the confirmation, the title deed, the assurance of the things we hope for. Being the proof, everybody say proof. Proof is what we, would, we could say it this way, proof settles the issue. If there's proof, then you can't argue anymore. It's not a debate anymore. It's not up for questioning. We're not wondering anymore. Something has been proven. Well, this verse says quite truly that Faith is your proof. There are going to be times in all of our lives when the only thing we have to stand on, to know that what we're believing for shall certainly come to pass, the only proof we have that that's so is our faith. There won't be any physical evidence. We won't feel like it. We won't sound like it. We won't look like it. The records and the papers may not say it. The x-ray picture may not say it. But God's word says it. Amen. That is our proof. So faith is something that provides for us proof or evidence of things, this verse says, uh, the things we hope for. And we're going to talk about that in just a minute. Being the proof of things we do not see. So that tells me right off the bat that faith is always about what I don't see. I don't need faith to, to know that I have an iPhone because I have it here. I don't need faith that I have an iPad. I have it here. I don't need faith that I have two paper printed Bibles here. I have that. But if I didn't have these things and was believing for these things and wanting these things and asking God for these things and believing that he would supernaturally provide it to me, then there's when my faith would come in. And of course, it goes all the way to the end of our faith, which is when we receive what we have believed for. And it also takes in the whole process along the way where, where our faith produces corresponding actions. Actions, because faith is an act. Faith is a spiritual commodity, yes. Faith deals with the unseen, yes. But if you are truly in faith, then there's going to be some action. If it's only the confession of what you believe... But it's certainly even more than that in so many cases. But let me read the verse and finish it here again. Reread from the start. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, and the conviction. You know what conviction is? Conviction is something you are convinced 
of. Sometimes we think about the word conviction, we think about somebody's found guilty of a crime. They've been convicted of murder or they've been convicted of, you know, robbery or whatever. But this word conviction here simply means you are convinced. The reason that person was convicted is because the jury found the evidence or the proof presented at the trial to be such that they believed he was without a reasonable doubt. He had to be guilty. Well, that same principle applies when we come back here to praying and using our faith and confessing the Word of God and believing God for breakthroughs and the things in our lives that we can't do by ourselves but we need God for. It comes back to the fact that there are some things that we must be convinced of. Some convictions. Things that we can't be talked out of. Things that feelings will not sway us from. Circumstances won't take us away. Because it is based not on what we see, based not on what we feel, but based on our faith, which is a product of the Word of God. And so again, I've done this. I've stopped, and now I'm going to have to reread it again. Now, faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we hope for, being the proof of things we do not see, <coughs> and the conviction of their reality. Faith, now listen to this phrase, faith Perceiving as real fact. Faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. Now, the third translation I'll use today, the CEV, verse 1 says, let me go, let me find my right chapter. All right. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. I really like that. It's so uh, brief, but yet so powerful and succinct. Faith makes us sure of what we hope for and gives us proof of what we cannot see. Now, we see that word hope and the word faith. Obviously, they're two different things. I don't think we can fully appreciate the truths of Hebrews chapter 11 and the truths of what faith is and how it operates unless we distinguish and learn the difference between faith and hope. And so I want to take just a moment or two here to talk a little bit about hope. We won't be coming back to this over and over again through this uh, next couple of three weeks, but we will uh, take a little time with it right now. Number one, hope is a desire. Everybody say desire. See, hope is something you want that is within the realm of possibility. That's very important to understand because hope is not just a wish. You know, I, just, I wish I could be 16 again and have that head full of blonde hair I used to have. Well, that, that's not going to happen. So there's no need in bothering. That, that's not in the realm of possibility that I'm going to go back and be 16 again. And you know, I sung the song, didn't I? Or I quoted the song last time. I'd like to be 16 again and know what I know now. Maybe I did it on Wednesday. I don't know when I did it, this crazy old song. But that's not in the realm of possibility. But what the hope that's spoken of here is hope that is in the realm of possibility. It's not just a wish, but it's a desire with the expectation of fulfillment. That's what hope is. It's a desire 
with expectation of fulfillment. We might say it like this, it's possible. Over here on the wall is the thermostat that controls the heating and the cooling in this room. And I don't know how many's happy about it today. Uh, last time I was here, I was roasting. This time, it's kind of cool. Uh, <clears throat> I guess that's what happens when you get old. I don't know. But anyway, it's, it's okay. But, uh, but all of it happens because of that thermostat. Now, this morning early, it was, it was really cool in here. And so the thermostat was turned up. But it took a while to get from where it was up to where it needed to be. That process involved, first of all, a goal had to be set. I think the goal, the original goal was 69 degrees. And you may think that sounds really, really cool, but if you're up here, 69 degrees is, is, is hot up here. But anyhow, that's beside the point in a way. But... Uh, it takes a while to get there. So, so you have to have a goal. And number two, you got to have some power. Now, these are gas furnaces, and the, the uh, hot air is pushed out with electric uh, current that, that pushes the fans, you know, all that kind of stuff that goes on. And so there's power involved. Power is involved. And that's a really good picture of hope and faith. Hope is like the thermostat that sets the temperature to where you want it. Faith is what comes along and puts together all the pieces to make it happen. If all you have is a thermostat and there's no gas in the tank or there's no electricity to run the fans, then you don't have the ability to change the temperature in the room. If all you have is a, a tank full of gas and you have perfectly good and working order furnaces, but you don't have a thermostat to tell the, the, the furnace what to do, then you're still not going to change the temperature of the room either. And so even though these things are different, you can't really separate them in the overall process of using our faith. Hope is that which comes before faith. Hope is the goal. Hope is where you want to go. It's where you want to be. If you're suffering in your body, you would hope for healing. But here's the thing that's so interesting, and we need to know this. You can hope for healing without getting healed. You can need healing without getting healed. You can want to be healed, but not be healed. And a lot of people think, well, that's all up to God. And if he wills it, it will happen. If he doesn't, it won't. But that's not true. Because God has expressed in his word what his will is concerning healing. And though that's not our subject today, it's his will that we be healed. Amen. I'll just give you one verse, 3 John verse 2. Beloved, I pray above all things that you may prosper and be in health even as your soul prospers. That's the will of God. That's the will of God. But that goal has to have God's power to make it happen. And faith is the key to the power. Faith is the key to the power. Hallelujah. And so hope is not just a wish, but it's a desire with the expectation of fulfillment. Hope is the prerequisite to faith. And hope without faith is desire without assurance of its fulfillment. 
I want to say that again. It's really important. Hope without faith is desire without assurance of its fulfillment. And that's a quick way to depression. That's a quick way to having a messed up frame of mind. Proverbs 13, 12 says it this way in Old Testament King James English. Hope deferred maketh the heart sick. You see, hope is essential. Hope is necessary. Hope is good. Hope is wonderful. But if hope is never fulfilled, if there's never any answer, if there's never any manifestation of that hope fulfilled, you will end up a heart-sick individual. And what that means is heart-sick, you will be spiritually deficient. You will, and what, what I mean by that is you'll be lacking. You won't have the power, the strength that you need to put you over. And you might be here today in that position. You could very well be. You, you may be here today and you've hoped for something. And, and in your mind, you thought, I'm using my faith. And you did, have not seen the manifestation that you, um, that you wanted and desired. And so you're questioning and wondering, what's happened? Does God not want me to have this blessing? Did I do something to forfeit the blessing? Have I somehow missed something in the procedure? Well, that's why we want to teach these kinds of lessons, because I want you to know how to get this to work. I don't want you to be heart sick. I don't want you to just give up on your dreams. This is, the Lord has spoken into us as a church family. This is a year, 2023, a year of breakthroughs and blessings. But the thing we've got to understand is we've got to learn how to cooperate with God for those breakthroughs. All through the Bible, there are some tremendous stories of breakthroughs. There are military breakthroughs. There's healing breakthroughs. All kinds of great things that happen to people. Provisional breakthroughs. But if you'll study the scriptures carefully in the context of those great passages, you'll find that there were instructions that had to be followed. There were people that the people involved had to do certain things and position themselves in certain ways to receive what the Lord had promised them. And so if you are heart sick today, I'm not here to condemn you. And I'm not here to, to beat you over the head and push you down any further. I'm here today to try to lift you up with the truth of the Word of God. Let's find out what's going on and let's turn this thing around. Because if God put a dream in your heart, it shall come to pass if you'll cooperate with him. Don't ever give up on the promises of God. Don't ever give up on the blessings of God. God's not holding out your fulfillment. God is not keeping you from the blessed life he has willed for you. Let's just find out how to get it done and get on with it. <coughs> and we all can probably... <coughs> we could all probably look at things... And look at the past and say, well, I missed this, I missed that, I messed this up, messed that up. I, there was a great opportunity. I see it now, but at the time, I just completely missed it. I can't go back and undo that. I can't go back and redo that. No, you can't undo. You can't redo. But you can sure do something today. Amen? Amen? And God can help you redeem the time. God can help make up for things. You might think, well, it's all lost. It's all gone. I don't know how in the world that it's going to be turned around. God can get more done for you in the next three months than you can get done in the next 30 years. 
God can have you living in a different place and a different lifestyle with a different uh, sense of worth and health and everything else. And you could just be looking around and just declaring amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet the sound. God has turned it all around. Hallelujah. That might be a good song for somebody. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound. God has turned it all around. Hallelujah. The devil, that sorry hound. I don't know. Somebody come up with the last verse, uh, the last phrase. <laughs> all right. Faith makes us sure. So hope has a degree of uncertainty until certain things are done. Once we do take hold with our faith and we're walking out the faith life, then we are no longer just hoping, we are now sure. So that brings me to a very important statement today, and maybe if you don't hear anything else I'm saying today, but this, this will bless you if you'll take it to heart. The only things that you're really in faith about are the things you're sure about. The only things you're in faith about are the things you are sure God has promised and made provisions for. You see, sometimes I think we, we can almost get confused into thinking that faith is this ethereal, it's un, this unseen thing that, uh, so it's all kind of mystical and, and not really sure. No, faith is sure. As a matter of fact, and this may sound a little bit uh, strange if you haven't thought about it this way, but I do want you to think about it. Don't throw it away on me. Faith from the Word of God is more sure than anything you can see or feel or touch in this natural world. Your faith is more sure than your feelings. So I would say to you this morning, doubt your doubts. They're unreliable. Believe your beliefs. If they're based on God's word, they are sure. So anything we're in faith about, we are sure about. You might say, well, well, I don't see it yet. The money's not in the account yet. My body doesn't feel like it yet. Uh, this or that or the other situation has not come around yet. That doesn't change the fact that faith makes us sure. Faith will always precede the circumstances. Your faith will always run ahead of what you see. It will always run ahead of what you feel. Because faith goes before you to make the way for all those physical things to change. And for the evidence that you already have spiritually to be so obvious in the natural that you won't need faith anymore. That's the ultimate goal in any faith project is to use your faith until you don't need your faith for that. doesn't mean you won't ever need faith again, but you already have it. You see, why would I use my faith for a phone when I have one? I mean, unless something was wrong with it, or I just wanted to change it out or whatever. You know, but all things being equal, I don't have to use my faith for a phone. I have a phone. That's the goal that we all set, or we should set for these faith projects in our lives that we get to the place where and we and we don't quit until it's manifested. That's another thing important. You know, a lot of times people start well, they just don't end well. A lot of people start 
Well, but they don't end really. They, they, they just somehow drop off. And uh, they're okay for a day or two, a week or two, maybe a month or two. And when it doesn't happen in what they think is the appropriate time frame, they just uh, throw it away. And it probably would be surprising to us how many of those kinds of faith projects have just been thrown to the wayside. And every one of them, if they were based on the truth of the Word of God, would have come to pass. But somebody quit too quick. Of all the strategies of the devil to steal the word from you and take your faith from you, of all the things he wants to do to steal, kill, and destroy in your life, the fact is his greatest overarching methodology to rob you of the blessings of God is just to simply wear you out and get you to quit. Because he knows that if you ever quit your faith, if you pull your faith off the line, he's won. And on the flip side of that, he also knows that if you don't quit, he's lost. I'd just soon he'd lose. I don't want to be the loser. Can you say amen? amen? Now, the Amplified says that faith is the assurance, the confirmation, the title deed of the things we do not see and the conviction of their reality. Some of you probably got titles to vehicles. You've got a deed to a piece of property somewhere. That title to the car, that deed to the property, is not the car. It's not the property per se. Those couple of sheets or three sheets of paper that an attorney drew up for you and and all is recorded that, that um, deed to your property, that's just some paper. The property is at a specific address. It has certain characteristics. It looks a certain way. It is what it is, as we say. But that deed is, for all legal purposes, that is the property. If you, if you want to deal with that property, if you want to sell it, if you want to borrow against it and put a lien against it, if you want to deal with it in some real way with this piece of property, then as far as, 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 as the law is concerned, you're going you're to use that, that deed because, in a sense, that's the property. Same thing with a car. If you ever buy or sell a car, you, you own the car outright. There are no liens against it. You've got a title. And so if you sell that car to somebody else, what's one of the things you've got to do? You've got to produce a title. And you've got to sign that title over. And when you sign that over and everything's uh, taken care of, then that person holds in their hand that title. That piece of paper isn't a car. You can't drive a piece of paper. But legally, it is, in one sense of speaking, that's the car. That represents the car. Well, this scripture is telling us that this thing called faith is your deed. It's your title. You may be believing for healing. You may be believing for money to pay off a debt. You might be believing for another kind of situation in your life. And at the moment, maybe you don't feel any different. Nothing looks different. Nothing is seemingly changed in the natural realm. What is the proof what is the evidence, what is the, the thing that would say that you're going to have that blessing, that it's available to you? Well, it's your faith. So my faith becomes my deed. 
Hallelujah. Somebody in this room today, you can use that kind of an illustration and that kind of, of, of strength of faith, <coughs> and you could actually possess a deed to a real piece of property. I'm talking about, you know, you, you may not be, you may not own a house. You may be renting a house. Or you're going to hold a deed to a house. You can use your faith and you can get there. <coughs> Excuse me. It's all so simple, but yet if we're not careful, we'll get it so tangled up that we'll get it confused or we'll think it's so complicated that we just throw it away. But really, it's just as simple as this. What you believe is the title deed to what you're going to receive. So ask yourself this question this morning. What am I believing for? What do I truly believe? What is it that, that faith has made me sure of? I'm just as sure as I know my name. I'm just as sure as I know my address right now. See, because that's the kind of surety that we're talking about. Just like you know your name, you know your parents' name, you know your children's name. There are certain things you're just sure about. There's no debate about it. It's just that's how it is. If somebody misstated it, you would correct them because you know the truth. Well, what do you know that kind of truth about in the Word of God concerning your body, your mind, your spirit, your ministry, your life, your calling, your longevity, your relationships? What is in the Word that has convinced you? of even things you cannot see. And then that statement that we read earlier too from the Amplified, faith perceiving as real fact what is not revealed to the senses. You see, it's important to understand that faith is not a product of your senses. It's not a product of feeling. You may not feel like it. It may not look like it. That has nothing to do with your faith. What you see has nothing to do with your faith. How you feel has nothing to do with your faith. It's what you believe from the, based on the Word of God that has everything to do with your faith. Faith is a warranty deed. It is a spiritual documentation. It is the evidence of things we don't yet see. We don't need faith if we can see it. And faith is never a product of what our senses tell us. Now, you can know something quite apart from your senses. You can know things. All of us have done that before. There are things you can smell that you can't see. And there are things that you, you could, you could uh, see, but you don't necessarily hear. Your senses all have limitations. And when you put all five of them together, they all together as a package are still limited. Because your senses are not given to you to touch the spiritual. Your senses have been given to you to touch the natural. And they're very important in their realm. They're very important in the natural realm. If you feel, if you get closer and closer to something and it keeps getting hotter and hotter, your senses are telling you, don't touch that. That's just one example. But you can see your senses have a, have a place. They're important to you in their place. But senses have no place in the spiritual dimension. They do not tell us anything about what God says or what God will do. They don't tell us anything. Somebody says, well, you know, there are times when I've really felt the presence of the Lord. I have too. But that is secondary to something that has happened first in the spiritual. 
Yes, the spiritual can affect the natural, but the natural doesn't bear down on the spiritual the same way. So in other words, you're not going to take any senses or even emotions and change God. You're not going to beg your way, cry your way, feel sorry for yourself to the point where God just joins with you in your pity party and says, okay, I relent, there it is. <coughs> Excuse me. We're not trying to get God to relent anyway, by the, by the way. It's not, that's not what it's about. God already wants to bless you. We're just trying to get in line with what he's doing. Amen. And so we need to understand that is that, that, that those are some of the characteristics of faith. Those are some of the characteristics of hope. And so I want to close today uh, in Romans 10, 17, if you'll turn there with me, because I want to ask the question while you're turning over there, what is faith a product of? I've been talking about what it's not. Uh, I've been talking about it's not a product of feeling. It's not an emotion. It's not uh, a natural force. It's a spiritual force. But th what really is faith? Uh, you know, what, what, what is faith a product of? If my feelings won't produce it, if my circumstances won't produce it, if there's no natural thing producing it, if natural things doesn't have anything, if they don't have anything to do with it, then what does? Well, in Romans chapter 10 and verse 17, it tells us, where our faith comes from. Are you ready for this? Some of you have heard this so many times. You can quote it. But I don't know about you, but I, I don't know all there is to know about this yet. Now, if you do, uh, more power to you. But I, 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 I'm still learning. And that's why I want to keep looking again and again and again at these kinds of scriptures. In Romans 10, 17, it says, So then faith cometh. Now, that, of course, is English from long ago. Faith comes, we might say. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So faith is a product of hearing God's word. Now, in Ephesians chapter 1, and we're not going to turn to this passage, but in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 15 through 23, where Paul prays the prayer for the Ephesians about the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of God and gives them the three areas they need revelation in, what we see is that phrase, or that word revelation, and we use the term revelation knowledge. The reason that's so important here is because really that's what your faith is a product of. The Word of God produces revelation knowledge, and that knowledge, that knowing that we pointed out earlier, that kind of knowledge is what makes us sure of what we hope for. Does that make sense? We go to the Word... The Holy Spirit helps us see that as absolute truth. We are convinced, it becomes our conviction, and therefore we base our faith on that truth, and that faith makes us sure. Because remember, whatever you're not sure of, whatever you're wondering about, whatever you're thinking, well, maybe it will, maybe it won't, or I don't know, there's no faith there. Faith is only about what you are sure of. So faith is a product of the Word of God that brings to us revelation knowledge. The Word is alive. John 6, 63, Jesus himself said, The words I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. And, and it's so alive that you need to understand this, that the Word has the power to produce what it describes. The Word has the power to pro produce what it proclaims and to do it in the now. 
I was hearing a message by Brother Hagin the other day, and I don't know how many times maybe I would have heard this message, but I saw something that just in a way that I just hadn't seen before, revelation knowledge. And he was talking about that the written word was given to us to reveal the living word, Jesus. Jesus is the word made flesh. We know that, don't we? In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. The same as in the beginning with God and so on and so forth. So the written word has been given to us to reveal the living word. Now, when Jesus was on the earth, he was the healer, wasn't he? He's not on the earth physically. The Holy Spirit is here, but Jesus himself is not on the earth physically. So in that sense, he has left us. But all the way back even in the Old Testament in Psalm 107, verse 20, it says he sent his word and it healed them and delivered them from their destructions. And so before Jesus got here, the word was the healer. While he was here, he was the healer. If you got to him, you got healed. Now he's gone, and guess what? The word is still the healer. So everything that Jesus did when he walked the earth, the word will do for you today. So if you need healing, for instance, there's healing in the word. And when you go to your Bible and you open the Word of God and you begin to proclaim it and you begin to speak it, it's just the same as if you were touching Jesus 2,000 years ago. It's just the same as being in one of those crowds when people sought to touch him and touch the hem of his garment. It's the same thing, the same power, the same glory is manifested. It belongs to us right now, praise the Lord. The Word produces what it describes. The power of the event that's described in the Word or the power of the person that's described in the Word is in the message of the Word itself. So that's why Romans 1.16 says, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it, the gospel, is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believes. Healing, deliverance, prosperity, redemption, and all the blessings of our covenant are all in the Word right now. It is the source of our faith. No wonder Jesus said in Luke 8, 18, take heed how you hear. Because the Word you're hearing is producing the faith you have. And the faith you have is producing the lifestyle you have. If you don't like the life you're living, then you're going to have to do something about number one, what you're hearing, and number two, what you're saying. Faith is spiritual. Faith is now. Faith always deals with the unseen, things not perceived by our senses. But faith always has the power to transform any natural set of circumstances to conform with the Word of God. Can you say amen? So uh, today's just kind of an introduction. We've got another couple of Sundays probably we'll talk about this. And, and, and trust me, uh, you know, I, I don't myself yet know all the directions that we may go, but I know that there are some good things that the Lord wants to say to us. Because if we're truly going to have breakthroughs in 2023, we're going to have to have some breakthroughs in our faith as well. Amen. Father, we're so thankful for the word, so thankful for the anointing, so thankful for your power and your glory. Lord, this morning we come before you as your servants.
to command. Whatever you say, that's law. That's what we will do. Whatever you desire is what we want to desire. And we want to desire what you desire for the reasons you desire it. And to come into a place of such unity and agreement with you that the world will not hold anything for us that would take us off the track. That no set of circumstances, no situation would cause us to veer off the plan of God. Lord, open our eyes to see. Help us, Lord, that we will hear clearly and plainly what it is that you want to say to us today. I thank you for this word. Lord, I'm so glad that I could hear what I've heard today. We all need it, and we all want to grow. Lord, there may be somebody listening to me right now that's not right with you. They may be a hypocrite. People may think everything's okay, but they know it isn't. They may be an open center that everybody knows they're not right. And they know it too. And the good thing, Lord, is your blood covers all sins. And it's available to us right now. So, Lord, if there's one in this room or one listening to me today, online, by recording, however, I pray that if they need to confess Jesus as Lord, and need to be cleansed of their sins that they would seek you for that right now it's not difficult it's not complicated it doesn't take two weeks or two days or two hours if we believe in our heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and confess him as Lord with our mouth according to Romans chapter 10 we will be saved so right now in the name of Jesus we declare before you, Father God, we believe in you. We believe with our heart that Jesus died for us on the cross and that his blood was shed on our behalf. He took the penalty that was due unto us and suffered as our substitute. And we believe, Lord, that Jesus not only died for us, but that he rose for us. Yes, he came out of the grave, and yes, he is alive. And just like his death was our substitution, his resurrection was our substitution, guaranteeing to us eternal life, that even when this body is finished on the earth, we'll get a new one. And Lord, we believe that all this was done on our behalf because you love us. And so we confess right now, right now, Jesus as our Lord cleanse us by the blood of Jesus and make us a new creation in Christ and we ask for this in the mighty and glorious name of Jesus Amen Amen if you prayed that prayer and you're here please come up to the front we'd like to meet with you and talk with you and give you some information that you need to help you on your new start new life in Christ is the greatest thing in the world there's nothing in the world like being cleansed of your sins and starting new and fresh in Jesus. Amen. Lord, we just want to thank you. Thank you, Lord. I know you know you've heard me up here uh, coughing and so on and so forth. Like I said, I, I feel better than I sound, so don't don't worry about that. But I I I, I won't come out and rub my hands on you. You know, that wouldn't be wise. 
But I want to pray for healing. You know, when the devil attacks me, I, I, I know what to do. Hallelujah. And uh, so I want to agree with you if you need healing in your body. If you do, just lay your hands on your body. Just, just where, wherever you're comfortable there. And in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, and by the power of the Great Commission, the living the living Lord, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Jesus the Christ. In his name, I agree with my brothers and my sisters now for healing, divine healing. Thank you for a quickening coming to their bodies that they are raised up from the place of sickness and disease. I command any abnormality to be loosed from you in Jesus' name. And I speak life and healing and health and blessing from the top of your head to the soles of your feet. We will live long, we will live strong, and we will live well upon the earth. We'll live until we're satisfied with long life. We will live until we finished our course. And when this life is over, we will have an abundant entrance into the heavenly kingdom. And as long as we're here, Lord, we believe you to keep us strong and well, to be useful in your service. And I thank you for every symptom of sickness, disease, and distress, pain, leaving the body. In Jesus' name, I agree with you, my brother and sister. If you agree, say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Did you have anything to, to add? Well, you know, man, we got you out here early today. You have to tell Nick when he's not here, we run, we run early, I guess, maybe. Give him, give him a hard time about something. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, I hope you enjoy the day. I hope you enjoy this week. And I'm excited about all that the Lord is going to do. This coming Wednesday night, Glenn and I will be back at it, talking about family, Christian home and family together. Um, years ago, we did a series like that, and we called it He Said, She Said. And so um, it's kind of like the same thing. Both of us are, are teaching and ministering, and I know that you'll be blessed if you come. That's Wednesday night at 7. Prayer school is Tuesday at 11. And then 